0: If the Miami Dolphins are going to maximize their win potential in 2023, they're going to need a number of players to stay on the field from wire to wire. Who those players are here today on Locked on Dolphins. You are Locked on Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. Today is Wednesday, June 14th, 2023. Today on the show... Is committed to the essentials and not just the essentials of your game day experience, uh, the essentials of maximizing your, your Miami Dolphins fanhood. And shout out to the everydayers who use lockdown Dolphins to help maximize their Dolphins fanhood. I appreciate every single one of you. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. It's the essential players for the team. It's the players that, if you told me this group of six guys was able to play 17 games, I promise you, the Dolphins would maximize their win potential for this entire season out of a 53 man roster. And it's not they would win every game that all six of these players start, but it is the idea that there are players that bring more of a weight to the game of football than others. And there are players who have a certain level of impact with the versatility that they bring to the table. Uh, They put more on your menu as a play caller, if you will. And some players that we have come to become very fond of throughout the years of being Miami Dolphins fans and seeing uh, these players make plays and be put in a position to have opportunities and uh, just kind of play really hard. But blue collar is different. It goes back to that saying of treating players uh, fairly, but not equally. Uh, All positions on the football field are not equal, right? Everybody loves Ronnie Brown, but the running back position, especially this century, has not been an essential spot. There are other ways to manufacture rushing production at a meaningful level, case in point the Kansas City Chiefs spent a first-round pick on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he hasn't materialized. The next thing you know, he's getting lapped by a seventh-round rookie last year in the postseason in Isaiah Pacheco, who takes over his job as the starting running back throughout the course of that season and looked like the star player in the offensive backfield. Well, you could point to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire's pedigree and say, well, that's the more important player, but not necessarily. So it kind of, running back as a position... Like I love Raheem Mostert, but the presence of Raheem Mostert in the Dolphins running game is going to further amplify the Dolphins running game with his strengths, but it is not, in my mind, an essential piece because so much of the running game is won by what is in front of you and the blocks that are being set. So I asked myself the question, who are the essentials? For this Dolphins team, who are the players? And some of them are very low hanging fruit and some of them, maybe not so much, but the players that you feel like as long as they are there, whatever else is around them is going to be enough for you to feel like you have a legitimate chance to win any football game that you play. Another good example. I I think the, the Los Angeles Rams roster construction, the year that they won the Super Bowl, they were a stars and scrubs football team. Right? You had Andrew Whitworth, a linchpin of your offensive line at left tackle. You had Matthew Stafford at quarterback. You had Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald in the second on that defensive side of the football. And you had some nice role players. You had some impactful players. You traded for Von Miller at the trade deadline, really helped elevate your pass rush. But if you were missing safety Taylor Rapp, you weren't going to miss any sleep. He's a non-essential. But if you miss Jalen Ramsey, spoiler alert, That's one of our essentials for this season, for this team. You feel like you're not going to have the best opportunity to win the game because of all the different ways that Jalen Ramsey can impact the football game. Now, here's what I like about what the Dolphins have done, regardless of the players that I'm naming as essentials here and now. I think there are more players who are capable of being an impact player for Miami than are going to be identified here And when attrition hits this football team, you should, unless you are catastrophic across every position room on both sides of the football, have enough impact players that you feel as though you are well-positioned to contend to win football games, even without one, two, or three impact players on both sides of the ball combined. I'll take this back to, say, 2015. Miami Dolphins 2015. Let me read you the starting lineup from this football team, just so we can fully paint the picture of an Essentials player. Greg Jennings, Kenny Stills, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker. Those are your wide receivers. Brandon Albert, Dallas Thomas, Mike Pouncey, Billy Turner, Jawan James. C- uh, Jordan Cameron at tight end with Deion Sims. Ryan Tannehill, Lamar Miller with Matt Moore at backup. Cameron Wake at Olivier Vernon, Earl Mitchell on the front. Jelani Jenkins, Kouamisi, uh, Chris McCain, Calvin Shepard back up in that group as well, Derek Shelby, shout out, fun little rotational story, Terrence Faday, here's some throwback names we got going on, Uh, Brent Grimes, Rashad Jones, Michael Thomas, not the wide receiver version, Jamar Taylor and Bobby McCain. How many players on that group do you feel like Move the needle for your football team. Certainly not Greg Jennings at that stage in his career. Jarvis Landry, Brandon Albert, Mike Pouncey, Ryan Tannehill on the offensive side of the ball. Defensively, it was Wake, Sue, although admittedly Sue never lived up to what he was capable of during his stint in Miami. Brent Grimes, Rashad Jones. He had about four players on either side. If you missed two or three, you severely missed those players because now your impact players or your difference-making capable players are cut in half. This Dolphins roster does not have that. If you are to combine this Dolphins roster with what they have from a cornerstone perspective, and players that I'm identifying as cornerstones right now are Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell. Teron Armstead, Christian Wilkins, Bradley Chubb, Jalen Phillips, Jalen Ramsey, and Javon Holland, plus quality starters, Zavian Howard, Cater, Kohu, David Long, Zach Sealer, Robert Hunt, Connor Williams, to a tongue of aloha. It's, I'll do the math quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 twice the number of the 2015 group is guys that you really felt like were glue guys now which of the glue guys the potential impact players are your essentials that's what we're going to spend the rest of today talking about here on locked on dolphins but before we do now is the perfect time for you to turn your eye over to the NFL futures bets over at FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Uh, there is no fast break to the NBA Finals. There is no breakaway with the Stanley Cup Final. Round of applause for both the Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers for the performances they put that they put on this postseason. But the playoff run for South Florida is over with two conference championships. But that just means it's NFL Futures time or Florida Marlins bets time at FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet does not hit. There's no better place to bet all of these sports action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. We'll start with low-hanging fruit on the offensive side of the ball. Our first essential player that, if you told me the Dolphins are going to have play 17 games in the regular season for them this year, it's going to maximize their ability to win as many football games as they can, and I think this is the potential to win 12 or 13 football games. I'm not saying they're going to. I got yelled at three weeks ago for projecting 11 and 6. They're certainly capable of winning 12, 13 football games. But health and availability and these essentials is going to go a long way in deciding whether you're on the high end of the spectrum or the lower end of the spectrum winning 10-11. Tua Tungvaloa, quarterback, obviously. And I I roll my eyes at the uh, discourse regarding Tua and the comments section of just about anything from anybody on any social media platform talking about concussions and one concussion away from retirement. And, like, I get the recency bias is, is very prominent, and this was something that Tua Tungvaloa went through. Um, and I understand Tua Tungvaloa and durability has always been a thing. Right? But we, lest we forget, Tua Tungvaloa finished each of the last two seasons as the Dolphins' starting quarterback. This isn't like this player has never started in Week 18 in his life. Now, he didn't play particularly well in Week 17 against the Bills in 2020 through three picks, and the Dolphins gave up 56 points and a must-win to get into the playoff situation. And he didn't play particularly well in Week 17 in 2021 when they went to Tennessee to play the Titans in the cold weather, and the Dolphins got shellacked to end a seven-game winning streak before coming back home to play New England uh, in a game that was admittedly not... Particularly well played by Tua Valoa, but nevertheless he played in that game and made some big plays down the stretch for the Dolphins to secure a win over the New England Patriots. So yeah, there's been IR stints, there's been missed games here. Durability is a, is a question that needs to be answered. But all of this, oh well, you know one one more and he's done, and it's like okay, sure, whatever. Just I just continue about my day, and I understand that he's a very polarizing player. For whatever reason, um, I saw Mike McDaniel was asked that on part of my take. And I personally am aspiring to get some people on here uh, myself and ask them a very similar question. Uh, so I don't want to give away too much of the content, but that's in the works. Um, but to Tonga-Valoa, the efficiency of the passing offense, how much the offense is, is tailored to his strengths and and in year two of it, if you tell me the Dolphins are going to get 17 games of two at I'm going to like their chances to win 12 or 13 games. I think, is, I think that is the, the maximized version of this football team. And it has to have the quarterback for that to happen. Now, what the, the likelihood of that happening is a different story, and I'm readily here to, we'll sit here and say, I don't have a great deal of faith that that is going to materialize from an availability perspective. I don't think he's going to get laid on uh, IR and retire after this upcoming year. But until he gives you 17 games, you got to have to... I'm in the thought process of i got to see it to believe it, that you're going to get that kind of availability from Tua. But he is an essential. And if the Dolphins are going to maximize their win total, he's going to have to have a hand in it every single week that you play a football game. Now, uh, he's not alone on the offensive side of the ball. Do I think the Dolphins can win a football game or a number of football games with the absence of either Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle? Yes, I do. I think they have enough depth to get by. But if you're going to be the best version of yourself, we can afford to absorb some injuries to the depth of the skill group. But the two pillars that you got, if you're going to be the best version of yourself at the end of the year and your record's going to reflect that, I would consider both Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as a combo pair essentials. And I admire the way that both of these guys played through getting banged up through certain stretches of the year last year. Waddle obviously putting on a little bit of weight this offseason. But they're the identity of what the Dolphins do in the passing game. The good news is both of them are cornerstone players and elite football players. So if you just have one, yes, I think you can still manufacture mismatch problems. But what the Dolphins are capable of doing with Tyree Kill and Jalen Wile is they can run five-man field spacing concepts with two or three men running routes if the guys running routes are Jalen Wile and Tyree Kill. That's the amount of respect that they command from opposing defenses is you can keep more guys in to block and still space and stress zone coverage in the same ways as you would is if you were going empty protection and sending five eligibles out in the run routes with three guys instead of five because of how explosive those guys are. So for the week-to-week efficiency of the offense, I would consider the combo package of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell an essential for the Dolphins as well. I have just one more on the offensive side of the ball. Probably not a surprise. It's another low-probability player. Tron Armstead. Now, you like what the Dolphins have added to have some depth behind Teron Armstead that makes you feel like they can bridge the offensive line for a game or two weeks if you don't have Teron Armstead at your availability. And I think his baseline of availability right now is probably 80%. 80% of the games you're going to play is the uh, median outcome that you'll get for Teron. Obviously, we're hoping we can see more than just the first half of the first game before he suffers his first injury that threatens his play. Uh, like we had last year, but to his credit, he was an absolute warrior and played through it all season long. He said this at O-Line Masterminds one time. He, He said the stat sheet doesn't say played with a toe injury or a hip injury or whatever else, right? It just says whether you played or not. Everybody plays banged up. And he lived that last year, and he embodied that. And I have nothing but respect for Teron with how he played through what he played through last year but he is an essential piece because of how he elevates that entire unit. Now, I think the floor is higher without him with the presence of Isaiah Wynn, with Isaiah Wynn healthy, assuming he's either stepping into that spot, and then you're putting somebody else back into what Isaiah Wynn's starting spot would be, or if Isaiah Wynn is not a starter, and he just goes in place of Teron Armstead, and you only change one spot instead of two. It does raise the floor, but there's no question the protection and the communication... And the front identification and all of it is better when Teron Armstead is out there at that left tackle spot fortifying your offensive line in its entirety. Case in point, go watch the Houston game when Teron came out. Because the rush stuff went to the protection stuff went upside down. So, and, and you have Greg Little and Brandon Shell out there playing reps at, at tackle against Houston. And they're getting run around. So those are my offensive essentials. I have four, technically three because it's a combo package. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Tua Tonga-Valoa, Tron Armstead. That's no disrespect to Robert Hunt, no disrespect to Raheem Mostert. But I think guards and running backs, the positional value, it's easier to get by a stretch of a season, a marathon of a season, at those positions as it is with a quarterback or a player of the magnitude of Teron Armstead or the core identity of your offensive game plan on a weekly basis. How about over on the defensive side of the ball? I think things get pretty interesting there because you have a lot of quality starters and cornerstones, but not all of them I think qualify as essentials. That's what we're going to close with here today on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. I already teased in the intro, Jalen Ramsey is absolutely an essential. And I think that has been, the more I've studied this defense, the more I have studied Jalen Ramsey, uh, the more apparent it becomes to me that he's going to be an invaluable addition. And I wish I had that level of respect for this defense systemically. And Jalen himself when the idea of a, a trade first was floated out, because I would have absolutely said, this is a no-brainer, all in, do it. Never mind if you told me it was just going to be a third and Hunter Long, I would have been over the moon, as I was when the deal was done. But when it first got reported that Miami was interested, and in the report, like PFF had put out a story, and it was uh, Dolphins trading two threes for Jalen Ramsey, and you're like, eh two threes is a pretty steep price to pay for another big contract. And I could see why it would work and you, you you get excited about it, but I'm not quite sure that that price point, if Jalen Ramsey's healthy this year for Vic Fangio, there's little question in my mind that the three threes price that was floated out in that PFF story, uh, would also have been easily worth it. Um, for what Ramsey brings to the table, because he is a player who moves. He's a player who moves around the defense. Uh, he's a player who can confil- fulfill so many different roles. And there's only been what a handful of seasons in which he's missed a handful of games. So the good news is Ramsey historically has been a healthy player and his ball production. The last two years in Los Angeles in 21 and 22 uh, has been good. Passed from a passes defense and a, An interceptions perspective, he's getting his hands on 20 footballs a season per season, right? But it's not just the ball production, and it's not just the availability that makes him an essential. It's the way these zone match defenses work. A lot of times, depending upon the formation, the perimeter corner is going to be automatically locked into some form of of man match, where it's uh, man everywhere he goes is referred to as Meg, assignment, or mod is man outside and deep. So if he runs an outside release and gets past five yards, he's yours. Take him all the way. And as you try to defeat bracket coverages, and if you try to defeat these match coverages, that is the one element for a quarterback that you can always dial back into and say, well, at the end of the day, if I'm trying to beat this, unless they go with... Uh, variation, a uh, lot of places it's called clip, where the corner squats in the flat and releases to the safety for the vertical. But so many variations of the, the zone match, the Saban cover seven, which has a lot of overlaps with Vic Fangio, uh, that outside corner to the passing strength is just going to be locked in main coverage. So whether that's Xavier Howard or whether that's Jalen Ramsey, I don't think it matters. The fact that Jalen Ramsey has had the resume of playing that kind of role, empowers you to say, okay, he can do that. We can move around Javon Holland. We can move around Cam Smith. We can move around Cater Kohu. We can move around Zavian Howard. We can put Xavier Howard on the back end if we weren't, wouldn't really lock him down, and then we could put Jalen Ramsey on the, the first eligible to the passing strength, and if they're in a three-by-one set, now all of a sudden you got three guys to triangulate and, and cone over top of, the second and third eligible. And you've still got the lockdown component that traditionally the Patriots-esque Flores-Belichick defense thrived on was just lockdown press on the outside. But what happens if you take Xavier Howard and you put him on the first eligible to the three-man side and then on the backside, say, you take Cater Kohu and you have him being helped by Javon Holland as the backside safety who's going to, either poach anything over the middle of the field or he can vice and double that backside receiver. You've now got a winner on the backside in Javon Holland with Cater Kohu, who's really good at main coverage. You've got Xavier Howard locked on the first eligible, and now Jalen Ramsey is a part of the zone match where his eyes are in the backfield, and he's reading the releases of two and three and just able to jump and make a play on the football. And then you get into what he's capable of doing from a pressure player perspective. And these fire zone blitzes that Vic Fangio is going to roll out. There's so many different ways that Jalen Ramsey can impact you that to fully weaponize this defense, there's little doubt in my mind that Jalen Ramsey is an essential. You've got press man guys. You've got lockdown guys. You've got ball hawks. You've got pass rush studs. Nobody will be more important to unlocking the maximum power of the Vic Fangio defense than Jalen Ramsey. And because of that, he is our fifth, technically fifth essential here. I do think there is uh, at least one more. You can look at other quality starters or cornerstones with Christian Wilkins and Javon Holland, David Long at linebacker, Zach Sealer, Bradley Chubb. There's a lot of high, 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 high quality football players. But if you had to tell me we had to go a game without Bradley Chubb and we had Emmanuel Agba stepping into that role with Malik Reed and Van Ginkle, I think you could win. If you had to go three weeks, I'd still feel really good about your chances in any of the weeks. I'd be bummed out. But I wouldn't consider it to be a crippling detriment to the defense. Jalen Phillips... I think is probably a narrow miss for an essential because of the depth of the edge group as a whole. Javon Holland's my other essential because of how this defense weaponizes safeties, because of all the different ways that Javon Holland, again, if you're going to put him on the backside of the passing strength and he is going to be reading the release of the outside receiver, if that outside receiver on the backside releases outside against tight bump coverage. His eyes can now shift to the front and he can kind of roll in and hunt anything crossing across the middle. He can jump down and get involved in the run fit with much more frequency than what he did. Holland is to the same degree of Jalen Ramsey from a impact in my mind with the versatility of what he brings And if you don't have Javon Holland, now you have Deshaun Elliott, who I think is a fine high-safety presentation two shell safety, who has some nice moments in run fits and physicality. And you have Brandon Jones, who's coming off an injury, who had some really nice moments in doing that thing that I just described Javon Holland being capable of doing. He had an opportunity against the Vikings, uh, where he was the backside safety and kind of rolled down and sniffed out on a third down, across across the middle, and impacted the football when when Kirk Cousins was hit as he was throwing and jarred loose the ball. But it was a true two-high safety presentation, and he came down from the weak side and buzzed all the way in and collisioned that on the on the far side of the field. There's a good look at that for for Brandon Jones, but Brandon Jones has historically been that player and not necessarily the roof player. And I think without having a firm roof player or interchangeability with your safeties, and I think Javon Holland with his versatility is the the epitome of interchangeability, uh, your defense does take a little bit of a step back. Christian Wilkins got some consideration here as well, but you do have Zach Sealer, you do have Bradley Chubb, you do have Jalen Phillips. I think you have enough horses here uh that you can survive up front now the depth at defensive tackle is a little bit of a different story as well so i think that's probably why he has a better cage than either of the edge guys but until he starts creating the havoc that we know he's capable of and actually posting that immeasurable production from a pass rush perspective It's hard to make the case for him to be an essential if you had to miss Christian Wilkins for a week or two weeks or three weeks. So for my money, if you told me these one, two, three, four, five, six players, this six pack of players played 17 games for the Dolphins, they would maximize their potential to win as many football games as they are capable of and from a talent perspective as possible. Tua Tonga-Valoa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Teron Armstead, Jalen Ramsey, and Javon Holland. You get those six guys on the field, 17 games, I promise you, this team's going to be playing home playoff games in January. But that has to happen. And the probability of it happening, well, it hasn't happened in a while. The challenge is having those players take care of themselves, getting some good fortunes, and if they do miss time, How do you maximize the the games in which they do miss, but have them take care of themselves to be ready to come back down the stretch to help the football team win and make sure they don't miss the opportunity to get into the hunt for a Lombardi trophy. Hope you guys enjoyed this discussion on essentials for the Dolphins 2023 roster. I know I certainly enjoyed the thought process on really sitting down and critically thinking who would qualify, who would not qualify. Let me know if I missed anybody, if, if you think I was too gracious for anybody uh, for their assignment in this exercise as well. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. I'm your host, Cow Crabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Shout out to our everydayers who are locked in on a daily basis. I'm out of here. I'll be back again tomorrow. Peace.